Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney, and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is a story I heard about a year ago when I first met Damon and Zach. I've been itching to share the story of when they met ever since then. I don't want to set it up any more other than to say, this is an awesome story of God at work. This conversation also fits into season two because as you'll hear, Damon is pursuing no place left without getting paid by a ministry or church. As always, listen after the interview for how to leave a comment, ask a question, or jump in to pursue no place left yourself. I want to know, I met you guys in person once, but I'd love to just hear from the beginning how you guys first met, Zach and Damon, different parts of the central U.S., but love to hear kind of how you guys first met. I know it was in Myrtle Beach, so maybe let's hear Damon, you share first. Why in the world were you in Myrtle Beach? Yeah, we uh, take an annual trip with my family somewhere, uh, just as a family vacation, and Myrtle Beach was the chosen destination for last year, and honestly, our story starts way before we bumped paths with the Medlocks, but that was the culmination of years of prayer, searching the scriptures, just trying to figure out where God wanted us, uh, what church was, how do you start discipling people practically. We had, my wife and I, Kylie, we had moved into our trailer park, our local trailer park, um, just to try to engage lostness and and see if we could bring any light to um, hurting families. Um, And we wanted just a simpler lifestyle. And trying to, to get to just a simple life that just pursues Jesus uh, at all costs. We wanted to meet people right where they were. Uh, so we moved there, it's great. And like, after like a couple months, we're like, what in the world do we do? Like, we've got these groups of people that we're meeting with, but like, we don't really feel like we know how to even like concisely share the gospel with people. Uh, like we know our stories, but like, do we really know how to share that? Uh, and then even just ongoing discipleship, people who express interest in wanting to follow Jesus and change life. Uh, so that just started us on this journey of like, okay, Lord, you got to bring people into our lives that can truly like equip us for this. And that was literally our prayer. Like, Lord, you're going to have to supernaturally, <laughs> I'm going to laugh about this because it's just crazy, but supernaturally bring people into our lives that can like train us. We want to join a part of something so we can can be trained and learned. And so we prayed that for probably nine months, that specific prayer. So I think it was over the 4th of July week uh, of last year that my family went on vacation and Kyle and I decided to go to a coffee shop and do our quiet time that morning and reading the Bible, reading a couple of books and, and walk the Medlocks, who we did not know. And honestly, I, I don't even remember really walking in, but after a couple of minutes, Zach walked over and introduces himself and just casually starts up a conversation saw us reading the bible so made some some small chat through that and then we were reading crazy love by francis chan and uh, we had been out to san francisco uh, to the we are church like intensives that they had put on because we at, at that time we were just trying to find out anything we could on simple gatherings um, and discipleship. And so we flew out to San Francisco. This was probably eight months before that or nine months. Um, so kind of whenever we got that, that original vision of simple gatherings and um, doing life together on mission um, was when we really started praying into that. So back to Myrtle Beach, he sees that. We make some small chat and he actually knew some of the people that we had met out there it's like wow what a small world like who even knew of we are church who actually has met these people spent time with them 
And so he asked like what we were doing with what we had learned out there. Well, we're kind of like just fumbling around, like we're trying things, but we don't really know what we're doing. But we'd really like to plant like a house church in our home in the trailer park and just feel like we really need like practical tools on how to do that. Uh, and I was like, so what do you do? <laughs> and I mean, Zach is a, a church planner and an equipper. So it, it was just God ordained appointment, uh, 100%. So I want to hear, before we kind of get into the what happened next, Zach, I want to know, because this was a part of the story when I first heard it, that just, I put myself in it and I know I would have done something different. Give me your, like, even mental walkthrough as you're walking into that coffee shop. Maybe if you want to tell why you guys were there as well, but I'd love to hear kind of your version of that first meeting. Well, every time I hear this story, it still just kind of blows my mind and um, causes a lot of joy and worship. It's amazing. It, it was just a vacation for Callie and I. We had a six-week-old who you're probably going to hear back here. She's now 15 months. We were showing off our six-week-old to some family in the Charlotte area. So we were hanging out in North Myrtle Beach. Callie and I went to this coffee shop. We grab a coffee, and I'm about to walk out the door. And um, uh, as I'm walk about to walk out the door, I just kind of look over, and I see this young couple uh, reading their Bible. And I was just so encouraged. Anytime I see someone reading their Bible in public, I'm encouraged, uh, but especially because it was a little beach town in North Myrtle Beach. It looked like these guys were on vacation. I was thinking, man, they're reading their Bible on vacation. Who does that? That's awesome. But I'm, I'm literally, I literally opened the door to walk out and I just kind of had this uh, five second wrestle with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, man, Typically, I would go over there and I would say, hey, what are you guys reading? And just start a conversation by asking that. Uh, but honestly, I was on vacation. I didn't want to cast vision. I didn't want to have a conversation, to be honest. Um, I was ready to walk out the door and hit the beach and chill because, uh, you know, that was rest time and whatnot. And I just thought, man, if, I, if we start a conversation, it could lead to something. But as uh, I literally had the door open and I, was, I took a step out and I just felt like God was saying, turn around and go talk to this couple. So I literally turned around, walked back in and I walked straight over to their table. And I said, hey guys, what y'all reading? And that's just kind of how it started. Yeah, I just asked them what they're reading and I uh, looked down as, as they were saying, oh, we're doing a marriage study. Kylie was reading her Bible and Damon, I think, was reading Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And I said, oh, are you enjoying the, the book by Francis Chan? He said, yeah, it's really good. And, he, and then he goes, yeah, we're actually just out there with Francis and, and the We Are Church Network. And uh, I was like, whoa, okay. I, I know, I think I know why they're out there because I know about their training intensive. I'm like, really? Okay, so what, what were y'all out there for? And then they told us that they were out there for this, you know, church planning training experience. I knew exactly what they were talking about. And I'm realizing, Lord, what in the world? Like, <laughs> this is kind of blowing my mind. And uh, I just kept asking questions. So how have you applied what you've learned, you know? And and then they get to the point where they're like, man, we're just looking for, you know, what's next. We're just uh, trying to figure out how to how to implement this this vision in our city. And uh, and then they're like, what do you do? And that 
that just kind of set things off. It was pretty crazy. That's awesome. Oh, that's so good. So just tell me the two to five minute version of what happened next. How'd you get from Myrtle Beach to Memphis and, and kind of what it got you with that? We met up with Zach and Cal uh, like a day later and they cast vision for like two or three hours um, laying out four feet. On vacation? Oh man. <laughs> it was awesome. And this is just blowing our minds that all this happened. And so, yeah, to fast forward, uh, we said bye. They invited us to come down to Memphis. They're like, ultimately, like, it'd probably just be more advantageous for you to see it and experience it, at least for an extended weekend. And so we're like, okay, yeah. And I don't know if they actually <laughs> wanted us to or... No, we were totally down for it, but I was thinking, ah, they'll never drive nine hours to come, you know, check it out. And then a week later, uh, or this is like four or five days later, I get a text message from Callie because Callie was talking with Kylie. And she said, uh, they asked about what about next weekend, if they could come down. And I was like, are you for real? <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> we ended up going back down. And so we're from Northeast Indiana. So yeah, like nine hours away. Man, that trip was something that we had prayed into without even knowing it, literally for probably close to two years. Getting to the point where we we're open that we would be willing to move, uh, but that we could could get connected with a community that's just doing life together. I don't think that weekend could have went better. Late nights just talking life with Zach and Cal, more vision cast. Um, and then we were actually blessed to be a part of like a, a training that they were doing that weekend. Um, so we got to learn some tools um, that were really cool and, and just the visuals and things like that were really great for us. And so then at the end of that weekend, I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but basically the invitation to move down to Memphis, if we were willing or, or able to do that, just to join in the work down there for a season. And Kai and I have been praying again for like months um, that we'd be willing to, to move if that was what we were supposed to do. Not really thinking that like something like this would happen. So we got back, prayed and fasted for three days and felt a peace that moving to Memphis was the logical next step if we were gonna be taking this serious. I think it was like a month and a half, two months later that we actually moved down, which was challenging. Felt like we were uprooting our whole life for this thing that nobody else understood. And yet, like, I would look back and say that was the best decision we've ever made. And before that, moving to the trailer park was the best decision. So God has continually been faithful. Zach, any reflections on that time? There definitely wasn't a plan. I just would say it was all the Lord. This is just what the Lord wanted. You know, we felt that this was his leading from our end, and then they felt it on their end as well. Uh, our vision has never been to recruit people to come to Memphis uh, to add to the labor force, which we desperately need. But there has been a handful of awesome stories where God has orchestrated that in his timing, in his will, and this was very obvious. After their time here, we just really clicked with them. I mean, we were up every night till two in the morning just talking and just enjoying each other. I think towards the end of the time here, I just said, so what are you guys thinking? And you could tell they were just wide open and desiring just some training and, and some more hands-on experience. I think I said, well, are you guys considering or would you be open to, to moving here? And that started the conversation. And so they went home and fasted and we had a couple conversations over the phone, just talking through just more details of what that might look like. Just ask important questions about their 
just character, a marriage, just anything, just making sure there was no big missing gaps that we didn't see during our three or four days with them. And man, we just really felt like this is what God wanted wanted to happen. So to our surprise, um, you know, four or five weeks later, uh, we drove up there to go meet their families because um, they were like, what in the world? <laughs> Who are these people? And that was just such a sweet time to get to see Damon and Kylie. And I, I think something that hit me was when we went up there to their little town of Bluffton, Indiana, uh, there was a street fair and uh, there was hundreds and hundreds of people at the street fair. And uh, I saw just the influence that they had in their city uh, already. Uh, several people running up to them, Damon, Kylie, Damon, Kylie. And they're just really loved and they've already had an impact and made disciples. And uh, I felt so privileged and honored to to have them come down for a season and excited to, to see them sent back to pursue No Place Left in, in Bluffton. Damon, what's going on now then? So honestly, like going back to specifically Bluffton, like was a little bit of a stretch for us. We're excited that we're back now. Um, the Lord has been faithful since we've been here. We've got two groups going. Um, so we had started one before we had left, just with the vision to go after the trailer park and pursue people. And that's grown, like it's tripled in size since we were gone. Um, and so now we're working on just implementing more practical steps for discipleship, gospel sharing, uh, pursuing life together on mission. We just started prayer walking that group. And so that's been really, really neat. I uh, really feel the Lord's going to shake the foundations of Bluffton. Uh, and reach the the corners that so often get overlooked even in a Christian culture because where we're from and I don't think it's any different from Memphis from what we got to experience it a lot of people know about Jesus uh, or God or some Christianese things but do they actually know Jesus himself and is the Holy Spirit reigning in their life Um, and so we really desire to see the least the lost the lonely the people who get so overlooked by uh, maybe the big churches and Uh, ministries we want to see them reach with the gospel so trying to implement a three-thirds kind of gathering still working on it um, but I think we're we're kind of heading towards that direction Uh, we've also got another group that is going to start doing prayer walking within the city as well and we're getting ready to to do like a six to nine month called a residency kind of commitment uh, meeting weekly just to pursue training tools life together uh, healthy gathering church group there's been other people who have um, expressed interest in maybe kind of like a, an intensive training as well um, within the city that are not part of those two groups, but would like maybe some training on just practical tools of engaging people, um, sharing the gospel, sharing their testimony, and then follow up discipleship beyond that. Uh, and the Lord's been faithful. We prayed when we got back. We, we really didn't know where to plug in, what to be a part of, what not to be a part of. Uh, we wanted to try to redeem the time as, as best we could. Um, and so we jumped back into the group we had started, but then this other group uh, was really a godsend as well. Um, that group had been desiring to engage lostness, but they really didn't know where to start. And somehow our names got connected uh, and we got the invite. And that's been a really big blessing for, for Kylie and I to be a part of. Yeah. So to tie this to some of the other interviews I've done, tell me quick, what's your, what's your job in that? I mean, as far as like what my day-to-day looks like, um, I, I work on homes, uh, flip homes, do rental properties. And so we're dealing with people a lot. Um, and one of the biggest desires on my heart moving back 
was the responsibility I felt to the people that God has placed in our lives, um, whether that's renters, uh, whether that's contractors that we're working with regularly, employees that work with us, really wanted to be faithful with those people and those relationships that God had put in our path. And so as we're going about, we, we desire to make it very clear that Jesus is our Lord and, and foster those relationships in a healthy way. But we also want to stir up existing believers as well uh, that we're surrounded by. Because uh, like I said, this community has a lot of uh, good followers of Jesus, passionate, obedient disciples of Jesus. And so we want to encourage those believers. Not that we feel like we have any answers either to give, but we want to be encouragers to the Big C Church of the Bluffton area and the surrounding areas as well to see the kingdom come, uh, Jesus' kingdom come in Bluffton and surrounding areas. There's been a vision on my heart for close to 10 years that we've been praying into that Bluffton would be this hub that even though it's small in size, uh, we'd be stirring up the passion in believers' hearts to reach the nations, reach the surrounding areas with the gospel. And 10 years ago, it was a dream. Uh, but honestly, I feel very excited and optimistic that that could be a reality in the upcoming uh, days, months, and years that the Lord is really stirring in people's hearts. And we see that in our daily lives uh, with the people we're working with, um, God-ordained appointments with people. It's, it's, been, it's been incredible. Zach said before I hit record, I think just the people like yourself or the heroes, the greater no place left, or even just pursuing movement of doing that. There's a, so much of what you've said that people might just assume you're at a, a, at a ministry or church. Man, that's awesome. What a, what a great vision. And I love to hear that that's just part of life. Anything else that um, either of your guys' hearts to share? One of the most encouraging things about uh, the Gerbers is just the friendship that was started. Uh, we just didn't expect how close we would become. Damon's just become a dear brother and friend. They just came down uh, about a week ago just to visit, and we got to our church got to send them off. They felt called to go back home in the middle of COVID, so their their leaving was kind of not complete, and we weren't able to really send them off well. And so we got to do that last week. It was really special. Uh, Kylie and my wife are extremely close. They're texting and talking all the time. And so I, I just, I, I can't um, overstate how uh, valuable friendships in the kingdom are. So we, we didn't know that the Lord was blessing us with, with such sweet friends. Yeah, I, could, I talked for hours about like the stories and awesome time we had with the Medlocks. Zach and Cal, like you said, they've been, not only were they godsends for that season, like and all the prayers that had been put into that moment of meeting them, but um, the relationship that's been born out of that time. And honestly, out of our whole story, I think one of the coolest things is Zach's obedience to just the small encounter. It would have been so simple and easy to just walk out that, that door and have every reason to justify, it was fine, I didn't need to talk to them, but that simple step of obedience literally has changed our life uh, and put us on a path that we can never turn back from. I'm always encouraged from that story for so many different reasons, but one of those is the just the simple obedience in our daily life, the simple small encounters with people, and we have no idea how, how the Lord is working in that person behind the scenes and what can come from those um, simple, obedient interactions with people.
Oh man, there's so many good things I could say here. Damon already highlighted Zach following the Spirit's promptings. I also want us all to notice the persistent searching and prayer from Damon and Kylie, which really reminds me of Jesus' parable of the persistent widow. Are we wearing out God with our prayers? And then their willingness to sacrifice by moving to Memphis, which reminds me of the parable of the Pearl of Great Price. What are we willing to sacrifice to pursue the kingdom? Do you have an awesome story of God working like this one? I'd love to share it to encourage others. So you can reach out at 321-209-3899. Call or text and we can get in touch. If you have any follow-up questions for me or Zach or Damon, you can check out the show notes or use that same number, 321-209-3899. And lastly, if you're looking for training or coaching, just like Damon and Kylie were, you can use that same number, 321-209-3899. We'll get you connected. This is Feeney. Thanks so much for listening. Keep sharing the gospel, making disciples, and reproducing leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.